Hello, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, how are you today? Doing fantastic. How about you? You know, not too bad. I probably stayed up a little late watching that game, watching the World Series game. It's like, it's a, uh, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I guess it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like going to church. Like, you go to church on Easter or Christmas, you know, one of those two just kind of cover your bases there and. So uh, <laughs> I watched game seven of the world series out of what uh, umpteen thousand baseball games that transpired this year. So, but well, you're good. Well, you're good then to a game seven next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Christmas Eve, whichever comes first. Ah, uh, man, it was, uh, but yeah, so other than a late night, I am looking forward to, uh, we got some Thursday night football tonight, as you are well aware. Yeah, can't you just sense the excitement? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like an NFC South game to follow up from a, a world's a game game seven of the World Series, huh? The AFC South and then the NFC South. <laughs> south teams in the NFL. Two weeks. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, though, you know, it's interesting because, like, we've talked about the Falcons offense, and that's obviously, you know, a thing that's worth talking about. But, you know, the the Buccaneers, it seems like they score not – they're kind of good at scoring points too, at least. Uh, it just kind of depends on the week, you know. Uh, <laughs> as long as they don't have to week, kick them. They're okay. <laughs> right. You know, last week the, the Raiders basically tried to beat themselves. But uh, try as they might, <laughs> the Bucks wouldn't let them. But they committed the 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 Raiders committed twenty three penalties. Like there was like literally an NFL yeah. record for penalties in that game, and so that that helped a little bit too, of course. Uh, but the offense has been struggling a little bit, uh, quite honestly, uh, and, and largely because of the running game. You know, they lose Doug Martin, and then his backup Charles Sims gets hurt. And now uh, Jaquiz Rogers, who they signed off the couch, basically, he came in and ran all over like the Panthers, and, and that's how he won that game. And now he's hurt. Jeez. So they, they're all the way down to Anton Smith, <laughs> who's a guy I picked to be a, a breakout player last year for the Falcons. <laughs> and then he ends up breaking his leg in the preseason and hadn't been heard from really since. So it, they just picked him up like a couple weeks ago. And now he's probably going to start tonight. So it's been an interesting turn of events for the running game uh, this season. And, and that, of course, has impacted not only the, the offense overall, but, but pretty much uh, to me it's greatly affected uh, Jameis Winston as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that a little bit with, I mean, you know, that's not the only team with that situation where the running game is kind of messing with the quarterback a little bit. I don't know if it's widespread enough to call it a theme, but you know, you saw a little bit of that. I get obviously the Vikings a pretty good example of that. We'll talk about. We've got plenty to say about the Vikings, I'm sure, in a little bit here. Uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> in, in Minnesota this week, I don't know <laughs> who's coming out of there. I don't know about. <laughs> Not sure. I, I hadn't heard. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you got to have that running back going. I guess that's uh, that's kind of been an underrated factor. I think even with the Cowboys, is how how good Ezekiel Elliott's been been running and and how much that's helped Dak. You know, the Dak Prescott situation there. Oh, absolutely. A running game is always going to be a quarterback's best friend. Um, and, but in particular, down here in Tampa, I saw a statistic the other day about like James Winston's uh, quarterback rating. On play action pass, mm -hmm. it's like sky high. It's like mm -hmm. one of the best in the league. But his drop back quarterback rating is like the second lowest in the league. So you have that huge divergence there. And you can't really get to your play action passes if the run isn't working. Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of goes hand in hand uh, with how he's played this year. And, and that's why kind of like you can track whether or not the, the Bucks were successful or at least – if the offense was successful by whether they were able to run the football that particular day. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what's your prediction for this evening? 
pain. <laughs> lots, lots of pain. Mostly for the viewers. But, you, know, you know, it's one of those things on paper. Uh, you know, the Bucks beat the Falcons in week one. Uh-huh. And the, their fates couldn't have been more divergent since then. Uh, yeah. I thought that kind of showed that maybe the, the, the Bucks were up on, on an upswing and maybe the Falcons were going to have a down year. But it's been the exact opposite for both teams. So, um, on paper, at least, it doesn't even seem like this should be close. Yeah. Especially, like, when I said, you know, the Bucks have they have a bunch of other injuries, but in particular with the running back situation, Vincent Jackson is out for the year. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, you know, they still have some defensive players that are out. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like the type of game that the Buccaneers should win. But it's Thursday night football, so who the hell knows? <laughs> well, I was just looking at our picks because I, I – and as you might suspect, the overwhelming majority of our panel picked the Falcons to win this game. And then I, I, I was just pretty sure that I did too, and I looked at my pick, and I have Tampa Bay penciled in there. So, and You, you might look like a genius after the night because you about <laughs> Thursday night games, man. You really don't. Well, you know, it's week nine, and given where I'm at in the old pick standings here, I need uh, – I can't be safe anymore. I got, I got to huck it down the field a little bit here. I can't – I'm losing to the computer, so I got to – but computers are pretty smart. I mean, people don't give them enough credit, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah they, do, they definitely do not. So <laughs> I wouldn't feel bad at all about losing to a computer. I'll probably... <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least we don't have to worry about losing to the parody account this year either. So. <laughs> People forget. <laughs> People forget that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we mentioned it. The cat's out of the bag. Let's talk about the Vikings. Were you stunned? I mean, by Norv Turner's sudden resignation yesterday? Well, you know, I... I haven't really been on social media a lot lately, just had some other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So by the time I actually saw the news, everybody else, I guess it kind of, it had kind of settled in. And so uh, the thing of it is coming in on it late, I thought I would get more of an answer for what the hell happened. Yeah. Like did him and Mike Zimmer butt heads or, you know, just what exactly happened to facilitate this? Cause just a couple weeks ago we were talking about, how great this team was looking and they were five and oh and they were rolling and yeah, you know, talking about NFC championship game at the least, the best team in the NFC, all this other stuff, top of the power rankings. And two weeks later, a guy who a lot of us gave a lot of credit to for that hot start and the work he had been doing with, with Sam Bradford just mm-hmm. decides to call it quits. Uh, and look, you know, I hate calling people quitters and stuff because it's just such a negative connotation, but it's literally the middle of the season and your team is still five and two. They just lost two games. uh, And and you just, it's like, you know, peace. I'm out. And I still, you know, since then haven't seen anything that really gave me a good reason or, or justification for why he would do that right now. You know, I like, no big blow up. Hell, you know, the special teams coach uh, just got yelled at by um, Bill O'Brien down in Houston <laughs> yeah. on the sideline for the world to see. I don't think he handed in his re- his, his uh, resignation. And like I said, I mean, five and two, you're still pretty much in the driver's seat. You're still yeah. doing pretty good. Yeah. If you're the Vikings, man, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, I guess today they had a little – I saw. I mean, this morning there was a little bit more the, – the, I forget the name of the paper up there. Talked to Norv and then Albert Greer from MMQB talked to him. And I guess that, you know, there was a disagreement over about how to fix the offense. No details within that. And, you know, of course everybody's saying it wasn't, you know, uh, a disagreement between – civilized adults there wasn't as far as we know any sort of you know yelling and screaming or anything like that but a disagreement over how to fix the offense and it was a you know obviously Norv says it's a big it was a difficult decision blah 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 that sort of thing but uh so I I guess maybe just a difference in philosophies I don't know man it's still like there's an explanation out there now but it's it's one that there's still you know a lot of uh, a, a lot of stuff still overshadowed by it 
Right. It, it still doesn't make any sense, especially when Mike Zimmer, who everyone says he's a straight shooter. Yeah. And Mike Zimmer came out and said he basically gave Noah Turner carte blanche. Yeah. When it came to the offense, let him run it how he wanted to. So what exact like what could be the biggest argument they could have over this the the, the direction of this offense? It, it didn't seem, you know, very complex. Um, you know, we all know that the offensive line sucks. They had all the injuries, yeah. so it, it's not like you could do a whole lot anyway. Yeah. To 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 kind of try to hide that. Um, so I'm just I don't I don't get it. Even if even if it was a big disagreement, like how big would it have to be? Like, like <laughs> it would almost, you would think it would take Mike Zimmer coming in and saying they were going to run a wing T from hell to high water for it to be a big enough disagreement for no, no attorney to just be like to hell with this. I'm out of here. It, it just, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like what would make, Somebody and they, they've known each other a long time. I think they were on the Cowboys uh, staff together at one point. Like these, these guys weren't just thrown together. You know, they know each other. Mm-hmm. So and they did good work last year. And I just, it, it, I'm still struggling to understand. I, I'm still struggling to figure out how right now, all of a sudden, the line was drawn in the sand at five and two. You know, this, yeah. this isn't. I mean, the Jaguars still literally had to fire their offense coordinator, <laughs> and they fucking suck, right? <laughs> but Nor was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm out of here. Peace out. I don't get it. <laughs> give me seven step drops or give me death, right? Like literally, seriously." <laughs> and I guess, like, well, I mean, like, I, I mean. I, they're, what in the hell are they going to do to fix the offense? Because, I mean, I guess just more dink and dunk passes. I mean, and that's kind of what Shermer's been known, Shermer and Bradford sort of made famous in a, in St. Louis in 2010. I mean, it's, it's sort of mystifying. The whole fucking situation is. It, it, and, I mean, you, you got to look at it like this because, again, when you step back from it, okay, okay, I'm sure everybody was shocked when it first hit Twitter. I did kind of go back through and saw the initial reaction and stuff. But you got to understand, this isn't just like a decision about right now. Yeah. Right? Because we were all talking about how good North had been for Teddy Bridgewater yeah. too before this. So it's not like just this, you know, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense right now because they're five and two and they're rolling and everything, you know, even coming off two losses, but long term now, now Teddy, whenever he does come back, is going to have to get, you know, with a new offense coordinator and have a new direction when he was, you know, on the upswing and looked like he was going to have a big year this year. You know, even, even if Mike, even if, North Turner wanted to resign. Mm-hmm. You'd have thought that Mike Zimmer would have found a way to talk him out of it or talk him off the ledge and be like, "Look, man, we're in the middle of the season. Don't do yeah. this right now. Let's revisit this later." Yeah, and that's why you know that's why I'm saying what could have been that big of a disagreement, not just on North side, but on Mike Zimmer's side as well. Like, what could he have dug in so hard on and said, "Nah, fuck this. I know he's going to mess up the whole offensive continuity." Not just now, but in the future. But I, I'm, I'm drawing the line. You, you know, you got to come around and do it this way or else. I, I just, I can't wait till they do the 30 for 30 on this or whatever. So we can get at the real issues. But this is just, just, just amazing to me. Yeah, it really is. Because, and like, you, you know, talk about the way, oh, yeah, well, he wanted to change the offense and they disagreed how or whatever. But you go back to what they did with Bridgewater and that wasn't like, you know, when you think of the Norv Turner offense with Troy Aikman or the or uh, Philip Rivers in San Diego, I mean that wasn't what they were running with Bridgewater, and it, and it worked. I mean, I know they were right. a little more conservative with him because he's young and he and the, it's been a first round pick to get him, and you know, trying to bring him along with the rest of the team, but it worked for him. I mean, they didn't have the most high flying offense, but they didn't have a lot of pieces around him at that point in time either. The, quite the way they do this year, you know, with 
the emergence of Stefan Diggs. And I think, obviously, it hurts not having Peterson, but, you know, McKinnon and Ajada can run the ball still. I mean, it's not like you don't, you have to just completely give up the running game because you don't have Adrian Peterson anymore. So it just, it's, it's, it makes even less sense when you start keep looking at the different factors involved and thinking about it. And to resign, like, you know, after that second loss, I wondered, I'm like, hey, you know, if he gets fired or not, but to like up and resign like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, usually it would take a lot more, and usually by now it would have leaked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whatever it was, that's the thing about it that, that's kind of crazy to me, too, is like, if it was something big enough to have your offense coordinator resign, yeah. by now, usually whatever it was would have leaked. Or yeah. at least there'd have been a little smoke around the edges. Yeah. Like not just the direction of the offense or whatever. Like the, these kind of vague references to maybe play calling or something. No, that would have been like a big argument and, you know, guys butting heads and it would have been festering for a while. Mm-hmm. It might even go back to next year. But we would get like kind of tidbits of it leaking out by now. And, you know, it, it for all intents and purposes – it seems everybody was just as surprised as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the guys on the team, I think I think one of the players didn't find out until he talked to somebody in the media. So, like, <laughs> this is like as, you know, as he was going to meetings or whatever. So, it's just, it's, uh, man. Bradford got, a, Bradford got a text from his wife. Cause she got like an alert on her phone, you know, like the ESPN app or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, can you imagine that? Like seriously? I mean, and like, yeah, because again, you're the quarterback and you don't know this guy has been doing pretty good things with you this year, and you don't know that he's walking away. I mean, just imagine what he's thinking right now. You get traded and it finally kind of seems like you're going to hit your groove, then you hit a little bumpy patch for two weeks. But like I said, it's just two weeks. Yeah. Now now the question is, like, how does this work out for for the rest of the season? Because, I mean, you know, if, if it all falls apart, and look, usually stuff falling apart has kind of like these same ingredients. One of them is a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. you know, and then one of them is kind of like, Locker room discord, yeah, and then another one is like coaches not getting along. Well, you know, one of the coaches has stepped away. Now maybe the next thing is going to be locker room discord because all of a sudden the offense is not going to function well under Pat Shermer. This could have all the makings of an implosion to end the season. Yeah, and so it, it it's just like I said, from all perspective. You just would think they would have found a way to make this work for, what, 8, 9, 10, 11 more weeks. How long yeah. they would have had to put up with each other. You just, Especially with these being older guys who know each other, familiar with each other. Yeah. And, you know, this is not their first year working together. Yeah. It just it, – it, it is – Amazing, and it's a young team too. And it's not like it's not like this is a Viking team that's not going to be good next year because all these guys are in their thirties and or and or headed for free agency. That's not the case at all. I mean, it's a young team, and, and like even if Bridgewater isn't healthy and ready to start the season next year, which is something they kind of built into the Bradford trade, there you got to figure they're probably not going to have both offensive tackles injured at the beginning of next season either, and. You know, you fix that offensive line and suddenly things are a lot different with that team. You know what I mean? It's like they're in just as good, probably a much better position in 2017 than they are this year with a healthy offensive line and Bradford starting the season with North Turner as his OC still. Because I think if you have those things in place, I think that was a really good match. Hey, (laughs) pretty much. I, we'll see what happens, but it's just, it's strange. And I suspect we'll get more, like you say, more smoke from around the edges pretty soon here. But, and that will be interesting and enlightening to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, cause you kind of think maybe it's a, 
health issue or something, but they say it's not a health issue. No. I, 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 I mean, he's Norv's. I saw it today. He's 64, which you know, for an NFL head coach, isn't, <laughs> or an NFL coach rather, is not unusual by any means. He hasn't had any health problems recently, like heart or anything like that. So, and he says he hasn't decided if he'll keep coaching. I mean, so he's hasn't necessarily come out and say he's going to retire or anything like that either. So, yeah. Well, Chargers might be looking for a new head coach next season, so who knows? But, I mean, would you really consider hiring a guy to just quit in the middle of the season? (laughs) No, not at all. Not not without some kind of compelling reason, I would think. (laughs) No, no. Because, yeah, I don't know, man. Because, like, it seems like everything – yeah, I just – it's so bizarre, man. It's just bizarre as shit. Uh, yeah, like no. I said, I mean five and two, five and two. They're not two and five. They're five and two. Yeah. And like I don't know. I mean, I know losing to the Bears was a little bit of a surprise for them, and uh, but it's not like they. I mean, you know, you're going to lose some games here and there for the most part. With that fucking offensive line they rolled out there, they're lucky they didn't get blown out. Oh yeah. And, and look, you got to figure some of those guys are going to come back this year. Maybe not all of them, but somebody, some, at some point, some of those offensive linemen will get a little bit healthier. Yeah. And, and maybe some of them will start playing better. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Clash of the personalities, man. I guess in the end, it probably all comes down to that, you know. But again, they've known each other for like these aren't just two guys that just met. Yeah. They've known each other for a long time. Yeah, I mean, hadn't they worked and, together and they, before it, Minnesota too? Right. Right, and yeah, th- no, it, <laughs> <laughs> man, I know. Because again, like ultimately. Ultimately, Mike Zimmer could have refused to take the resignation, right? Yeah. I mean, that he couldn't literally make the guy show up to work every day, but he could have found a way to make it, make it work. But he was even like, okay, you know, he was pretty set on resigning. Yeah. What? Why didn't you set about trying to talk him out of it? Like, I, I, none of the sides on this – Makes sense. <laughs> Unless there's something like really strange going on that we don't know about. Really strange. <laughs> Maybe something that don't even have anything to do with football, but it's not necessarily health related either. Maybe That's he has an inside line on the ja- on a Jaguars job. But again, nobody's <laughs> gonna hire you after you quit. <laughs> no. Oh. No. No. Cause that's one thing I did see. There were some unnamed players calling him a quitter. Yeah. And if you're a player, you have to definitely feel like this is exactly what he did. He yeah. Quit on your team when you're five and two. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to do it in a way that's just like, well, we couldn't agree on how to run the offense, so I quit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let me hire you then. Right. Because you know, <laughs> obviously you'll be more committed to us. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so if you don't get your way, you're going to quit. All right, I think you're going to work out just fine here in Jacksonville. No. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand why people might want to make that connection. But, but like, you know what? The thing is, even if he played this whole season out, yeah. I don't think it's been a hot commodity like that for Jacksonville anyway. No, so, no, no. I mean, you know, maybe as office coordinator, but not as a head coach. We've seen Norv as a head coach. It doesn't usually go that well. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. But it definitely ain't going to go well now after you quit in the middle of the season. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No way. Well, and now it'll be interesting to see how, because this is one thing that Zimmer's been praised for is his ability to kind of hold that team together through adversity. So I'll be interested to see, because like you say, you've got two of three ingredients for an implosion kind of in place here now. Yeah, yeah. And they got the Lions coming up this week, which not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination anymore. You know what I mean? Well, I can't, you know, look, 
I was surprised as anybody that they lost to the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Cutler, I mean, it wasn't even really just the offense. I mean, the, the, the defense was terrible. Their run defense for the Vikings looked nothing like what we had seen from them most of the season. Right? Yeah. And so you, know, you might you might want to blame that that loss on the Vikings' offense, but to me, their defense played shitty also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was kind of a total team meltdown. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it was the Bears, and the Bears I thought were one of the worst teams in the league before that game. Yeah. And 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 they beat them by ten points. So. Um. Yeah, I, I can't just pencil it. You know, I can't just assume they're going to beat Detroit because I don't think, you know, it, I didn't think that Detroit was on their same level at one point. But with the the injuries on the offensive line, new offense coordinator, run defense, mm-hmm. you know, suspect all of a sudden, who knows what could happen? Yeah. Yeah, it re- it really is. And if they lose to Detroit, I mean, that's you know, they're five and three, and suddenly. I mean, I think the, yeah, exactly. And then they'll be the Packers would be. T- I mean, assuming the Packers win this weekend, the Packers will be tied for the division lead. And yeah, like you say, free fall, free fall city, baby. Yeah, it could, it, it could certainly their fortunes could certainly change very quickly now. Like mm-hmm. they could man, really go in the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, the Norv situation wasn't the only weirdness this week in the NFL. It was the trade deadline, and the trade deadline, as usual, came and went without much in the way of um, big names or fireworks or anything like that. But there was a curious move on Monday, and that was the Patriots trading Jamie Collins to the Browns in exchange for the Browns' conditional third-round pick. And I think that was the weirdest part at first when you read the news. Like everybody, like just to, like I just had it backwards because like, oh, the Patriots traded for a player from the Browns for a, a draft pick. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm not surprised. And then like, no, I read that wrong. Holy shit, the Patriots sent a player to the Browns for a draft pick. That's very unpatriots like. And then, well, <laughs> it, it definitely was it, to me the trade itself was not that shocking. Right. And it's because the Patriots do not pay people. They, they just don't. I know that some people who actually cover the Patriots and are now, you know, they think Bill Belichick walks on water will never ever criticize him. And they think that every move he makes comes up roses. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is they don't pay people. That's the same reason why Chandler Jones is there, isn't there yeah. anymore. And, and whichever other young budding uh, uh, defensive star, especially that you, that you think is going to break out soon, they they probably won't get paid either. Or, yeah. or if they do get paid, it won't be anywhere near the top of the market. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Jamie Collins is a guy that could have commanded that kind of money because he's a, he's an uncommon type of guy. He, he's tall. Mm-hmm. He's got good size. He could play inside or outside linebacker in, in a. Uh, three, four, mm-hmm. and he's crazy athletic mm-hmm. for that size. Um, so you know they didn't, they weren't gonna pay him. Usually, you, you keep that guy to the offseason so you can get a high compensatory pick when somebody else mm-hmm. ends up uh, uh, signing them. But they decide to just go ahead and, and trade for a draft pick. So, so that part of it, like the timing of it, things are rolling for him, all that. You know, maybe they're sending a message, but it wasn't that shocking to me. What was shocking to me was how almost immediately people started shitting on Jamie Collins. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking about not tepid criticism. They want they want you to believe this man sucks all yeah. of a sudden, and basically all of y'all can kiss my black ass. Yeah, every single person that tried to come across like Jamie Collins is not the truth. You can kiss my black ass. I watch too much film. Okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe he freelances a little bit. I have not seen him have a problem with effort, though. And I went back and looked to make sure my eyes weren't deceiving me. My last game, maybe he didn't play so well, right, against the Bills. For one, they didn't play him like they normally do, which maybe was a tip-off that something was up. Yeah. He didn't get nearly as much playing time the guy who subbed in for him wasn't making a whole lot of fucking plays either though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely wasn't nearly athletic, 
But then I went back the week before when they played uh, the Steelers. And I'm watching them, and they purposely had Jamie Collins in space covering Le'Veon Bell. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He did a hell of a fucking job. I mean, Le'Veon Bell caught the ball in the flat. It's just him and Jamie Collins, right? Guess what? Jamie Collins tackled his ass in space. Something you don't normally see happen. (laughs) And he was covering him all fucking day long, one-on-one. Something that you just, you wouldn't even imagine most defense coordinators would even uh, think about doing with any of their linebackers. Uh And and here's this guy, he's like 6'4", 6'5", and 250, covering Le'Veon Bell in space. And that, my, my friends, is enough to tell me you're going to pay that guy. Somebody's going to pay him. Yeah. Patriots, maybe not. Somebody's going to pay a guy that size who can cover fucking Le'Veon Bell in space by himself. Yeah. So, okay, just cut the bullshit, right? You know, Mike Lombardi, yes, I'm saying his fucking name directly. Is, yeah. is, he worked for the Patriots. I'm sure he's still a, a Bill Belichick guy. Well, Got worked out for him as recently as last year. Right, got out there and put a bunch of bullshit out into the atmosphere, hoping that everybody would grab onto it because most beat writers don't watch film. So they have no fucking idea. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you straight up, it was a bunch of fucking bullshit. And he yeah. ought to be fucking ashamed of himself. <laughs> because there's no fucking reason to do that for a guy who's gone. He has nothing to do with you anymore. To his credit, Jamie Collins didn't shit on them back. After they asked some questions about it, yeah. that was a bunch of fucking bullshit right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, and Collins you even came out and was like, I wasn't asking for Von Miller money. I'm not Von Miller. I'm not crazy. I know that. Right. But you want to, and, and even if he was, I don't give a fuck about that. Ask, I want him to ask for Von Miller money. All they can do is say no. Yeah. Well, my thing is, you're not going to come out here and say that this man can't play the game of football at a yeah. high level because you're fucking lying. Yeah. You're fucking full of shit. Yeah. The film don't lie, and we all can watch the film now if we choose to or have time to or know what the fuck we're looking at. This kid can play the fucking game of football and has been playing the game of football this year at a very high fucking level. Mm-hmm. And so y'all can, y'all can miss me with that bullshit. I don't want to <laughs> hear it. Okay, say they weren't going to pay him. Say he had maybe a bad attitude, shit we can't check, whatever. But don't tell me that... Uh, it's raining while you're peeing on my leg because I got the film right here in front of me and I can pull it up at any given time and say, this is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's not like the Patriots defense has been all that great. I mean, now they haven't been terrible or anything like that, but it's not like, I mean, I you know, and I know they're in a situation where the offense is playing the way it's playing and you don't necessarily need the 1985 Bears defense out there on the field or anything like that, but you know, they haven't had a sack in the last, what, two or three games? I mean, not that sacks are everything. They still won those games. But, you know, at some point you're going to be able to need to get to the passer, right? Well, some of that is scheme-related. Like, they're yeah. one of the teams that actually sometimes play a lot of true 3-4 defense. Yeah. And they'll rest just three and shit like that. But, but even at that, I mean, he allows you to do some of those things. He allows you to only rush three. Because he's covering underneath, and, and the underneath guy still can't get fucking open. Right. Okay? And, 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 or at least he was when he was there. And their defense might not have been dominant, but they've been good. Let's not forget, first four weeks, we're with backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and their defense played well enough to get them through that stretch three and one. So they might not have been dominant, but they played good enough. And, and I remember the, the big interception against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a big part of their success. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it. The players on the team, not not Mike Lombardi, came out and said he was <laughs> one of the best players on the team. Yeah. Okay? And put their fucking name on it, too. Yeah. So, um, first of all, it's odd that somebody only worked for the fucking Patriots came out and had that much hating his heart in the first place. Yeah. You know, to, to try to talk down on the guy. But second of all, it just doesn't match up with what we've seen. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. To me, Jamie Collins is more of a, a three, four outside linebacker anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, you put him on the edge, and he's hard to fucking block as a pass blocker, as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. But the 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 the, the Patriots like the flexibility of having him at middle linebacker because then they can rush him from inside, outside, 
or cover or whatever. They could do so many different things with them. Yeah. You know, like go to the fucking Browns. They throw him an outside linebacker. He might get 10 sacks the rest of this season. He really might. He's that good. He's that versatile. But, you know, they like having guys that can do different things. So, um, you know, the sacks and stuff, I think, was more about the way they run their scheme and and kind of some of the things Belichick likes to do. And it worked, you know, good enough for him. But but when you talk about the things that, like, they could have had plenty of sacks if they had this guy rushing off the edge. Once again, I went back and watched the film on this guy. And you see him when he does line up on the edge, hard to block off the edge. And I think you'll see more of that from him in Cleveland. I, you know what? Am I wondering if is this this could get this could be the 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 good bounce that the Browns need to get on the get a, get the get a win this season? <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> Surely something's got to give, I'm, right? Something's got to fucking give. I <laughs> thought they had that game last week against the Jets. I had picked them to win. That was my upset special, and they came so close. They jumped on the Jets, and they were playing okay. And and then the second God. half happened and it all kind of came crashing down. Uh, but man, they, they just they, they are. You would think because of the way they lost most of their games, just right up to the wire. Yeah, it's just somebody of Jamie Collins' uh, caliber. Yeah, and of course it's going to take a while to kind of integrate him into the defense or whatever. But you get somebody of that caliber, you'd expect that maybe, like you said, he'd be just enough to put you over the top. Yeah. So you win at least one game. Yeah. But who knows? Because I think I was looking at their schedule the other day. I think that they don't have the easiest schedule the second half of the season either, though. So no. At least not going by you know current records. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Still hunting for that first win. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe at this point they should just they maybe they just go zero and sixteen, and then you just like then you wipe the slate. It's a clean start. You're just like, all right, we've we've got this is the lowest we're ever gonna get as a franchise. So there's nowhere to go but up from here. Well, <laughs> we'll see. They kind of already wiped the slate clean. If you think <laughs> about true. it. They got rid of all the older guys. They're playing mostly young guys. <laughs> Um, for the most part, especially on defense. But you just hate to have a team to go through that many losses because yeah. that kind of stuff kind of sticks with you, man. You don't want to get guys who are just so downtrodden by the end of the season. You want to at least get them one, one or two wins yeah. to let them have something to hang their hat on, man, because, uh, you know, it's got to be a depressing – It was when I was here with the Bucks, man, their first year was, was – yeah, we won like six games. And that was depressing as fuck. Like, I want to get the hell out of here. Like, this is ridiculous. So I can't imagine what, what they're looking at right now. We At least we won six games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, six games, that's, you know, that's a decent season for Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got it out of my system. I'm good to go again. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I've been, I just like everything I do every day is like, is this the point where I work in the Jeff Fisher comment? No, not yet. Not appropriate. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's a weird week for that stuff in the NFL. Weird, weird week. And I thought, you know what I thought we were going to be talking about this week. I thought, you know, until the end of that, Sunday night game last week with the Cowboys, when the Cowboys kind of came, kind of, when the Cowboys came back to win, like, if you just glanced at Twitter around halftime or so, you could be, like, I was ready, like, bracing my, like, holding on to the table, taking deep breaths, getting ready for a week of hot takes, hot Romo takes. (laughs) But then they came back and won the game, and we were spared. I mean, I, you could see a few writers had already written their hot Romo takes. They they tweaked it and busted it out anyway. But like we we have been spared for this week at any rate. Right, and and, and it, it's kind of amazing. It, it's it's like they're just waiting. Like you said, they're just kind of waiting in the wings right now. Oh yeah. Um, there there's they already have it basically pre written, and they're just waiting for. 
uh, Dak Prescott to fall off enough for uh, the Cowboys to lose a game. And, and in fairness, he didn't play uh, his best game against the Eagles, but there was a lot of reason for that. I mean, the Eagles got off the bus blitzing uh, yeah. that night. And, I mean, they were sending everybody after Dak. And, and, and he made some bad decisions early on, too. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that interception was particularly, yeah, I was just like, man, what are you doing? What are you looking at? <laughs> um, but, but at the end of the day, he rallied and he found a way to make just enough plays for them to win in overtime. So, um, you know, the funny thing is they're so ready to pounce on Dak Prescott that a lot of them can't even appreciate the fact that he still found a way to help his team win at the end of the day. I mm-hmm. mean, with all the other problems he had, he still made enough plays for them to win. And, and it, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, some ins- inconsequential plays. Uh, I was uh, rewatching um, the, the, the 20-yard pass he throws to uh, the slot receiver. I can't remember his name. Uh, Beasley? Beasley. Like, I think it was an overtime. And, like, literally right before he throws the ball, somebody almost sacks him. Like, they they come and get two hands on him kind of right across his chest. And the guy didn't flinch. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a a lot of quarterbacks would have reloaded and spun out and did all this stuff. He just hesitated enough for that guy to get pushed past him and then delivered the football. Mm -hmm. And and as long as he can play with that kind of poise, Mm-hmm. I think he'll always give them a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And some of the things physically he's doing, I've made this point before, running with the football and stuff, making uh, uh, some of the, the first downs, the, the fourth and one he gets on the quarterback sneak. I just wouldn't feel comfortable seeing Romo do those kind of things coming off a of back injury. Yeah. Yeah. So it's – um. And, and I don't know, like he's throwing again and stuff. But I, I mean, I you know, even if he's even if he's at the point where he would pass a Dr. Jerry physical exam, which doesn't have the world's highest standards, it's a uh, it's they don't need him back, so there's no need to rush him. And and then you, I guess you have him, you know, down the stretch because the Cowboys. I mean, you know, I, I think you can make a pretty good case that they're the best team in the NFC right now, at least record wise, they are. Absolutely. And uh, they've beaten some pretty good teams. So, I, I mean, uh, I think most people, if you tell them before the season that uh, the Eagles were going to play the Cowboys and the Cowboys weren't going to have Romo, they probably would have leaned and said the Eagles were going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe even last week, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people picked the Eagles. <laughs> it didn't work out that way. So, so right now, I always say, Y'all, what your record says you are, and right now, according to that record, they're definitely the best team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know, it's it's we're heading toward the uh, the Cowboys Patriots Super Bowl, man, the Super Bowl of takes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that I mean, that might be the that's my retirement Super Bowl. Like that's it. We can't do any. We've been. We've. Uh, we've achieved the height of heights for NFL sports media coverage. We could do no more. We've gone to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Two full weeks of Cowboys Patriots coverage nonstop. You like if you're like I think if you were not working in this business it would probably be pretty miserable <laughs> but you'll tune in anyway because what the fuck else is there on tv in february you know what i mean right exactly, <laughs> exactly. and then no more ratings talk after that either i guarantee you because everybody Ooh. would be tuning in to like i hate I, I hate this team so bad and i want to see them lose <laughs> Yeah, because the the fans are gonna turn tune in, like you said. People are gonna hate watch it too. They just can't help themselves. <laughs> you know, one thing that has been interesting in all this ratings talk is is how much people mention Red Zone and how that's changed everything. I gotta admit, I I mean, I have to watch Red Zone just because of what we do. I mean, we you know we cover all sixteen games, and it's not like we have a staff where 
you know, we can put one person on an individual game, but right. like as a fan too, it's like, I mean, it's kind of fun to watch red zone. If you don't have a team, I mean, you know, if you have a team, I would still watch my team. Obviously I don't still have a team, so that's not an issue anyway, but <laughs> it's kind of an interesting well, thing to see. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that, that is definitely, uh, a part of it. Uh, and Spencer had a good piece on this. Yeah. Uh, about all the different ways that you can watch football now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the ratings themselves are a little deceptive mm-hmm. because, you know, just because people watch a red zone doesn't mean the ratings for red zone don't count too. Yeah. And, and, and you know, in all of this, it's just that I don't think they don't sell ads and stuff for red yeah. zone. So, uh, you know, it, it's a different deal, but people, that, if people are watching red zone at a rate that kind of makes up the difference, between the supposed fallout, then there you go. Yeah. That's explaining. If, if people are, you know, kind of following along with Twitter or social media, it, it, it's all these different factors, all these different delivery systems now that that, that have enhanced, to a certain extent, the, the fan experience. Because, like you said, I mean, if you're somewhere that – I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a team. Right. That's how I ended up being a Cowboys fan, just because the Cowboys game was always on like every week. They they would give us the Cowboys just because of proximity. Um, But if I had red zone growing up, who knows what team I'd be a fan of, because I would at least get a taste of all these different teams every week. Yeah. So I think that's actually good for the league in a lot of ways, because what if I didn't like the Cowboys and that's the only thing that was on? when I was growing up, then I wouldn't watch football at all. And I think watching football rather than not watching it at all is always going to be a better deal for the NFL and, 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 you know, their, their, uh, model. Yeah, exactly. So, um, at the end of the day, I just think that the truth of the matter is while all these things are factors, we don't really know yet. There's not enough data yet to, for us to really know right. what's going on. And we also have to keep in mind that even with these quote unquote falling ratings, the NFL is still beating everything else. Yeah, basically. exactly. You know, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden murder she wrote is getting great ratings. Right, the NFL. Uh, The NFL is still in their time slots, are still beating everything else. Yeah, uh, uh, like, and it's not even close. Yeah. So let's just you know figure out a way to to actually you know do some research and find out instead of maybe just keep throwing stuff against the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's a but you know this is America and throwing stuff against the wall is what we do. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Let's see. what It's been a, a lot of off-the-field drama this week in the NFL. But there's also, I mean, it, it, it's a, not a super strong week for games, but there are some kind of interesting ones. And I, I tell you one that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing because – these are interesting teams to watch. And if you had to, if you asked me to describe either one of them in one sentence, I'd be hard pressed to do it. But the, the, the Broncos Raiders game Sunday night, not sure what to get, make of that one, to be honest with you. Uh, You know, the thing is, we're still trying to figure out Trevor, Trevor Simeon, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I know I am. I won't speak for anybody else. I, I speak for me. I'm still trying to figure him out because sometimes he has flashes where he looks really good. And then there's other times where you kind of see, you know, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. And so, and, and they have all these weapons around him. The running game, you know, took a hit with um, the starting running back uh, getting hurt a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and so he's out now, and yeah. and, and the, the rookie is uh <clears throat> is taking over. Um, and I think he had a fumble last week. As a matter of fact, the rookie did. But but as far as like you know, you got uh, Demarius Thomas outside. You got Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, you have a bunch of talent 
at the skill positions. Yeah. So you kind of expect the offense to be a little bit better, but but maybe maybe one of the under talked about things uh, uh, with the Broncos is their offensive line has been fucking terrible, uh, yeah. especially their tackles. You know, I talked about them a couple of weeks ago because uh, uh, the kid in Atlanta had the four sacks mm-hmm. uh, for the Falcons. Vic, uh, Vic Beasley had the four sacks against them. Um, but remember, there was also the team last year that, that Khalil Mack got five sacks on, yeah. four or five sacks on. And they got uh, Okun now, but he's been struggling, man. And I kind of feel for him with the, the contract that he signed because, remember, oh, basically yeah. – it's kind of one of those, if he plays well, he's going to get paid contracts. But if he doesn't, he's probably going to get cut. And for right now, he I'm seeing way too many holding penalties. I'm seeing way too many pressures given up. Mm-hmm. And so um, maybe if the offensive line was playing better, maybe Trevor Simeon would look a little bit better, quite frankly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, it, their offense, you know, their offensive line is going to go up against – Khalil Mack again, and then they got the 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 kid from from Seattle, uh, Bruce Irvin on the other side. Mm-hmm. Woo, could be a long day for him. Yeah. Uh, for the Raiders, you kind of think if they can get their penalty situation under control, maybe it shouldn't <laughs> even be that hard of a game for them. To be honest with you, the way they've been playing on offense lately, especially. Yeah. Um. But you just never know. They still got to face Von Miller. Uh, DeMarcus Ware came back last week and looked really good uh, coming off that arm injury. So we know they know how to rush the passer and, and get after it. You know that secondary is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be it, it might come down to one of those defensive games, to yeah. be honest with you. And then, it, you know, everybody will say it sucked because it's a low-scoring game. <laughs> But we might see two outstanding defensive performances on both sides. Yeah. Well, and I think that was my other thing with the Raiders is, you know, maybe this is the game they need because, like, and I could be completely missing context here. It wouldn't be the first time, trust me. But I, like, like I kind of figured their defense would be better than it has been. You know what I mean? And I don't know necessarily why that is, but, you know, there's talent there. It's not like this is just like, a, you know, it's not like – you, know, you where you can look at the Colts defense or the Browns defense and see what the you know the problem is immediately obvious when you look at the roster. But you know the the Raiders have some talent there. It's not like they're a you know they're a terrible team. And I guess they've gotten a little better over the last three weeks, at least just in terms of points allowed. But it's still sort of like you know I, I assumed they would be better, and maybe that's just the 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 mistake you make when you make assumptions. But. Well, don't forget, Jack Del Rio evidently assumed they would be better, too. And that's, <laughs> that's why true. he took over play calling uh, from um, from Ken Norton. Yeah. Junior. Uh, and, and they have sort of improved since, he done, since he's done that and, and taken the reins. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think I might have said this in the preseason. I, I still don't necessarily tr- trust their secondary. Yeah. Um, and I think Sean Smith got hurt. This past week, so that that could be an issue. Um, but they they did upgrade. They got Reggie Nelson in there, yeah, um, from from the Bengals. But it, it's just I still I don't really have a, a great comfort level with them on the back end. Yeah, and uh, you know we I think we all thought the the pass rush, especially with the addition of Irvin, would 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 make up for that to a certain extent, and it. it Early on in the year, um, you know, you just didn't see them getting a whole bunch of sacks like we thought they would. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Mack in particular, it took him a while to get on the board. Even though he was playing pretty well, he just couldn't couldn't seal the deal. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think they're starting to pass rush a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Man, he was killing the Bucks offensive tackles all day. I think Mack might have had two more sacks on Sunday against the Bucks. Yeah. Uh if I recall correctly. So um now that you know that kind of helps everybody when when they're actually brushing the passer that way. And, and I think they'll be a big factor against Denver. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh I think everybody kind of figured that defense would be a little bit better than they have been. Maybe not 
Denver Broncos from last year level, right. but at least a little bit better. But but they but they're improving, and and that's one thing you want to see throughout the season, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a uh, better to be find your mojo in November than it is uh, than peak too soon, huh? Right, because you peak too soon, the only way you can go is down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess it looks like Sean's. I just looked; it looks like Sean Smith is going to be out this week, so that's kind of a big deal. I mean, he was hurt what last week against Tampa, right? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, that that's. Not insignificant, because that's probably the guy that would, what, see most of Demarius Thomas. Although Demarius Thomas hadn't been tearing it up this year either. But he doesn't have pick. He hasn't, but he had a big catch last week. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it, it comes back to the guy giving him the football. Yeah. To me, because last year uh, he had a, a bad case of dropsies. He kept dropping everything. But I don't really see that this year. I just see them not really getting the the, the the football to him and then some of this offensive line as well. He's open mm-hmm. and quarterback doesn't have time to get the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. And he's still, you know, like even when he's not like having a great year, I mean, he's still one of those guys that, you know, if you fall asleep, he's going to break off a big play on you too. I mean, he's, he's a hell of a player. And those are the, that's the thing about those guys. Even if they have a bad season, it's like, they're still never that far away from just coming out and being dominant for, a game, you know, here and there like that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if you give him time now, if you don't get out to Simeon, he will make you pay. Yeah. Because he can get out the field on anybody, and, and, and that includes, you know, the, the, the great defensive backs that the Broncos have. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, uh the wrong team. Uh, Raiders. The Raiders have. So yeah. So, he, he, he'll, he'll – he'll, he will make you pay. Like that catch last week was ridiculous. It, it wasn't a touchdown. It got him down to like the four or five. I didn't think he caught it. <laughs> I kept having to rewind it. I'm like, what the hell? It was at the end of the game, but man, it was. And it wasn't a great throw by uh, Simeon either. And that's the great thing when he's on. When 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 Demarius Thomas is on, he, he kind of has that. Des Bryant thing about him where you don't have to be perfect. You can just yeah. throw it in the vicinity. And so, you know, uh, like I said, last year he lost a little bit of that because he kept dropping everything. But now it seems like he's gotten over whatever that was. Uh, and, and he's back to being able to make those plays if he's given the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I guess – they're probably they seem to Denver seems to be probably the second best team in the AFC right now. But this is a game that could uh, that could that could say otherwise. Yeah, I mean, just think about all the implications here. Broke both in the division, yeah, uh, in the playoff race, yeah, just to hold down yards and, and maybe just for public perception, if nothing else, yeah. Because I think there still are some people that aren't really buying in to. Um, the Raiders, yeah, because we just used to them. It's funny they used to kind of be one of the gold standards around the league for for success. You know, the whole just win baby and all this stuff. But they they've been bad for so long. It's just kind of hard to believe in them. But you know, I we we talked about in uh, before the season started that this team was different. That that they had you know started over with Reggie McKenzie and they're kind of built from the ground up now. And they're going to be good, probably not just this year, but for years to come. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, if they can beat the Broncos, then I think people, even the holdouts who still kind of not sure whether to believe or jump on the bandwagon, I think even those people will come around on it. Yeah. It's always funny with X. I mean, this even kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the Browns, talking about the 0-16 stuff. But, like, that, how – entrenched expectations and narratives and stuff like that get with the NFL. It's like, well, no, the Raiders are always a bad team. Even if they're, you know, even if they are five and two on the, in, in, you know, leading the AFC West right now, I think people are still like, no, well, the Raiders are bad because they're the Raiders. The Browns are bad because they're the Browns. The Jets are bad because they're the Jets. You know what I mean? And the Patriots are good because they're the Patriots. And if you had to choose who's better Broncos or Raiders, you're going to say, just, you know, viscerally, I'm going to say the Broncos because they won a Super Bowl. They've been good for a long time. So it's just 
it's that's a hell of a thing for a team to overcome, you know. It really is. It really is. Because uh, perception is a mug, man. It's just once people have that perception of you, it's hard to overcome it. And it usually takes more than one year. Even if you do good on one year, they'll be like, oh, well, you're a one year wonder. Oh, yeah. It was a fluke. Blase, blase. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, going to be hard for them to shape that. Um, because this is something that, you know, I feel like with the Raiders, kind of like with the Browns, people have felt like it was an institutional problem. It wasn't just, Mm -hmm. you know, some bad breaks or a bad coach here or there or a bad signing here or there. But, you know, so many people would say it was the front office, the whole vision of Al Davis when he was still alive. They kind of, kind of still carried over even a little while after he passed. Yeah. Um, And then the coaching situation, different coaches all the time and, bad signs. It was everything. It wasn't just like one or two things. It was the whole organization, the whole program was bad. And so I I would assume like a lot of people will feel like it's going to take longer than that to build it back up because it's been Mm -hmm. bad for so long. But, uh, you know, to his credit, Reggie McKenzie, who took a whole lot of, uh, um, you know, he took a whole lot of shot. People took shots at him for how he went about, trying to build his team and getting rid of players and getting rid of contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he's turned them around pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a, uh, and it'll be, it'll be funny to see how that plays out the rest of the season. And then, you know, like, cause right now it's like, they look like they're going to playoffs. The Raiders do. Well, here's a weird thing about them is that they're five and no on the road and one and two at home. Yeah. So That's what I- like, that road number, man. Well, and the home number too. You just maybe with all the, you know, uncertainty about whether they're going to stay in Oakland. Maybe that has to do with something to do with. I don't know. Yeah. But you just expect good teams win home games. Yeah. There's just how, kind of how it always has been. But the only two games they've lost this year have have been at home. So I don't know. That that you know you think that they'll have to change that up at some point. Maybe it's a good thing, and you say, well, you figure, you know, the hardest part is winning on the road, so they'll figure out when they're home. But that is still kind of a weird deal right there. Just, um, you know, I'm looking through other teams that are have a losing record at home, and most of them have a losing record overall. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think I see one with the losing record at home that has a winning record overall except for the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> and that relocation, and I'll tell you from experience, that relocation thing hanging over your head makes it weird at home. I, I can only imagine. Just speaking from a fan's perspective, you know, it's a, uh, it's weird. It's weird to go to the games. It's weird to think about. It's it just it colors your whole interpretation of it. I mean, even games. I mean, like you can think you think of like, well, you're just going to watch a football game. What does it matter where they play next year? St. Louis, L.A., Oakland, Las Vegas. But sure as shit, it does. I mean, hey, a first down, great. And it's like, hmm, I wonder what that first down is going to look like in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> or in my case, it was more, you know, I wonder what seven and nine, what the Los Angeles media is going to say about seven and nine. <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely a factor. And interestingly enough, we will uh, tease it out a little bit. Uh, we're going to have some folks at that game in Oakland this week, and we'll have um, some cool features down the road from that from uh, Mr. Stephen Godfrey on the Raiders and the fan base there. So. That should be great. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that's a. Uh, in the Raiders have moved before, a couple times, so. <laughs> they're they're old hat at this moving stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, it's been a good podcast. I guess we probably better wrap it up here so we can go uh, go calm ourselves down so the excitement of Thursday night football doesn't overcome us before. 8.30 p.m. here. Yeah, we, we can go to Hardy's or Carl's Jr. 
get us some food and get ready for the game like last week. <laughs> Did I'm you? I, I still I still haven't got my check from Carl's Jr. Right, I'm, I'm bound to determine to get us that sponsorship. <laughs> Carl's Jr. or Hardee's. We're gonna go there and 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 get us some food and get ready for this game tonight. <laughs> Almighty Atlanta Falcons against <laughs> the tumultuous Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if this doesn't work, then I think we'll be talking about Chick Fil A next week and see how that. Hey, works. maybe Chick Fil A. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what Chick Fil A thinks about this great advertising. <laughs> I sure do like a spicy chicken biscuit in the morning. I tell you what. Hey. Hey. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right, Stephen, have a good week. Enjoy the games, and uh, we'll look forward to Haas, and we'll reconvene right here on uh, the podcast world next week. Looking forward to it. 